Thanks for checking out the weekly Harmony Church podcast. For more information and resources about Harmony Church or any of the Harmony events, check out the Harmony Church website or Harmony Church Facebook page today. In my uh, online course on evangelism, I go through training in much more detail and I help people to engage evangelism with creativity, give them biblical understanding, assignments to help walk them through it, and uh, much more than I have time to do here. And so I would encourage you, if you want to learn more about evangelism, if you want to, if you're a person that was like, just give me an assignment, what, can I, what am I supposed to do? It's so abstract. This will help you. I actually give you specific things to do. Go and do this this week, and I'll tell you what to do, what to say, how to get started, okay? And it's all laid out. If you do evangelism every day and you're like, I'm just, I want to do something different, this right here has some helps to take your evangelism to another level. I guarantee you that it will challenge you in some areas, um, and it will be really, it'll be really fun. So if you're, if you're high level, you do a lot of outreach kind of stuff, but you want to try some things that are different, this is for you. If you've never done evangelism before, you need some basics to help you out. You want to go to releasinglife.org.org, and it has a tab there on some e-courses, uh, and one of them is the evangelism intensive. Uh, my wife is about to release one on inner healing. You can, it's not quite up there yet, but it'll be up there soon, an e-course you can do on your own if you want. So, uh, encourage you guys with that. If, you, if you're in a church and you want to do a group and you have about 15 people that want to do it together, then we can talk about that at a different time. But uh, anybody can, can do the course, can do the evangelism intensive on their own. Matthew chapter 10, we're working our way through this passage a little bit. And uh, we want to make sure that we receive love because we're walking with love and we're sharing love. And we want to make sure we have the right message in a way that makes sense to who we're bringing the message to. And we want to make sure that the message is accompanied with demonstrations of the Spirit and power. In this session, you might say, well, those are all nice ideas, but how do I actually operate in the Spirit and power? Well, you've come to the right session because I want to make this extraordinarily practical for you. And... The reason I want to do that is because I want you to know that supernatural is for every Christian. Sometimes we look at supernatural and it seems like it's for someone who is, they're specially anointed. We pull out some Christianese word, that, poor, that person is anointed. Well, you have the Holy Spirit too. So you're anointed. Done. All right. So, but here, here's... What I, what I want to help you with is sometimes the gifts of the Spirit come are activated in our lives with no instructions. And so I had this happen in my life when I was 14 years old. I stayed at my grandparents' house for a month. And they were farmers. I lived out helping them, uh, you know, work in their yard. Uh, they had a giant yard, grew all kind of stuff. And it was in the middle of nowhere. Like people had to go out of town to go shopping. It was so small. And uh, during that time, I'm thankful that it was small because during that time, all of a sudden, out of nowhere, I started feeling in my body when somebody was a Christian and when somebody was not a Christian. When I walked by, 
I didn't ask for this. I didn't know what it was. When I walked by someone who was a Christian, all of a sudden on the inside, I felt really light and happy and almost like the way I could only describe it is like I was walking on clouds, I, but that's even hard to describe it. And then when I walked by someone who I knew was not a Christian, I felt like somebody took my insides and tied them in knots. And it was, I like would double over in pain, like trying to keep from doing that. Like what? And, and, it, and it started happening in a way where I could recognize it correlated with who I walked by. So I walked by one person and it felt this way and walked by the other. Oh, what in the world? And then it, after I was in a place where I recognized that it was related to that, it started happening with people I didn't know. Then I was scared to go out in public. <laughs> you imagine going to a shopping center and, ho, ho, ho! I just want to be with Christians. <laughs> it hurts being around people that are. But I started feeling the heart of God. I started having this, uh, this discernment gift where I knew people before I knew them. And it started at that place, but it grew into where I would know information about people along the way, and it would help me be able to better interact with people. When I prophesy people, I could lean into that along the way. But it started, it's like, it's like when you get, a, you get a present at Christmas, and you have to open it up, and you got to put batteries in it. It's strapped down. you got to undo it. You have kids. You ever give them these things, and they're like strapped down. You can put batteries in them, figure out how it works, and they end up playing with the box because so, they're like so frustrated. Well, you know, I find many Christians, borrow this for a second, I find many Christians have things of the Spirit activated in their lives. Things happen they don't understand because God just gives them a gift, but they don't really know what to do with it. It seems tied down. How do you turn it off? How do you turn it on? What am I supposed to do with it? And it gets frustrating. It gets confusing. God, why'd you give me this? It's a weird gift. I want you to give it, give me one of those good ones like somebody else has. They feel weird. They feel odd. They feel like they're going crazy, especially people that have like seer gifts. They feel like they're going insane. Why am I seeing things? If I tell somebody, they're going to tell me I need medication. Like what's going on? I can't believe these things. What's, am I crazy? I don't know. And so then people cut it off out of fear and they put away the, the gifts of the spirit and pick up the box. And they say, I'm just going to stay with the box. But really the box is the invitation to what's in it. If we don't get into what's in it, then we have missed the purpose of the box. Right? And so the gifts of a spirit, this is just the way God does. He gives you a gift and then he tells you about it later. Merry Christmas. Think about the disciples. Jesus said, wait till you're clothed with power. How do we know that's going to happen? He didn't tell them. He did not say, when you're praying together, you're going to hear a mighty wind come blowing in the room. Don't be scared. It's him. Or you're going to have cloven tongues of fire above your head. That's going to be awesome. He didn't say, you know what? Holy Spirit's going to come in such a way that you're going to look inebriated. Then when people look at you, they're going to think you're drunk. He didn't warn them. He said, eh, just wait, you'll know. So he told them something was coming, but he didn't tell them how it was going to come or what they're supposed to do with it. I've seen this time and time again where God just kind of gives people a gift, and it turns on. You're like, whoa, what's going on? What's wrong with me? And then your invitation is to learn how to lean into that and use it. Yeah. Don't cut it off. And I believe there's some people here, if you've cut off a gift of the Spirit out of fear or confusion, the Lord will reactivate it for you. That's totally fine. It's not putting shame on anybody. Some of us, we didn't know. We didn't have anybody tell us. And so what I want to teach you today 
is how to prophesy and how to see people healed, how to pray for people out in public. In other words, there are people that prophesy by accident. You're praying for somebody and you get done and they're like, wow, that's exactly what I needed to hear. You know, we prophesy by accident. I want to teach you how to prophesy on purpose. Some of us are waiting for God to speak to us and God may be waiting for us to listen. I'm going to get into having permission from heaven to rob hell tonight. We're going to have a fresh encounter with the Holy Spirit. But for now, I've got to stay focused on this moment. And that is how to do it. How? I'm going to teach you how to prophesy and how to pray for the sick in public in a way that has wisdom. Because he sent them out and he gave them instruction. He gave them what to say and how to do things. It was within the context of the people they were going to. In their context... They were supposed to invite strangers in. If you read the, the Old Testament, they're supposed to invite strangers in and take care of them. So he sent them out to bring the message of the gospel of the kingdom, which they were expecting from the prophetic words from Daniel, into their culture where they're supposed to invite strangers in and take care of them. If you take that and, 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 and miss that it was for their culture and you apply it to everywhere else, then you actually might be missing what God is saying. He's not telling every single person, this is how you're supposed to advance the gospel. Go somewhere and find somebody to live with and then tell them about Jesus. Okay? That was for them within their culture. It doesn't mean that God won't do it anywhere else, but I want you to understand it. It is related to the context of who he was talking to. All right? But the idea of power applies to everywhere. We've already covered scriptures on that, so I won't do it. Now, prophecy. To understand prophecy, you need to understand that at its basic level, prophecy is telling somebody else what God told you. If you can hear from God for you, then you can hear God for somebody else. I want to make this really simple and practical. So this is time for some people to take notes because what we, what we need to do is we need to recognize how God speaks so to us so we can position ourselves to hear from God that way to others. And we need to understand how to present a prophetic word to someone. And to do that, I want you to go to John chapter 1. You guys okay? Jesus is a great example of prophecy. How about that? Surprise, surprise, surprise. John chapter 1. Jesus prophesies over Nathanael. So Philip went and got Nathanael, and he said, come on, we found the guy who fulfills all the prophecies one we're looking for. And then Nathanael says what? What good thing can come out of Nazareth? And he says, I don't know, come and see him. So then they came, and then Jesus sees Nathanael walking and says, they're the true Israelites with whom there's no deceit or no guile, depending on if Jesus is speaking King James in your mind or not. He probably wasn't speaking English. But anyway, so he says that to him. And then Nathaniel says, how do you know me? And Jesus says, before Philip called you under the fig tree, I saw you. He falls to his knees. You are the son of God. And then Jesus says, you think that's great. You're going to see angels ascending and descending on the Son of Man. You just wait. Okay, right here in this package is such a powerful understanding of what prophecy is and how it functions. Jesus is our model. So here, I want you to understand something. 
Jesus operated in seeing something and knowing something. Okay, and these are some general ways that God speaks. He'll show you something and some things you'll know. All right, so Jesus saw Nathanael under the fig tree. He saw that whole thing. Isn't that nice? Now, can you imagine God entrusting you to see someone talking bad about you? You go into a vision and you see them backbiting and saying something bad about you. Then he brings them your way. Isn't it interesting? The first thing Jesus did not say was, I saw you. Here comes Nathaniel, someone with a critical spirit. I saw you under the fig tree. This is important, guys. Jesus did not do that. God will show you things you're not supposed to share. Just because you know it doesn't mean you're supposed to say it. Sometimes people say, what if God shows me something negative? It doesn't mean you're supposed to say it. Jesus was shown something negative in that moment. I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you something here to help you understand because people have identified prophecy with calling somebody out on their sin or about the end of the world. That's what they think prophecy is. And many of us are told, I don't want to be a prophetic person because it sounds mean. But here's the thing is prophets were actually called to people to be in a line with the covenant that they have. And the old covenant was aligned with promises and curses. So the prophets were only calling them to the covenant they already had. We have a better covenant. So why is prophecy in the New Testament according to 1 Corinthians 14.3? Why is it about encouragement, comfort, and consolation? It's because of the covenant we have. Not because God doesn't see something that somebody's doing wrong. He sees it, but he's calling them into Christ. So here Jesus is prophesying to him and he doesn't expose his sin. He speaks to who he was created to be. Here's Nathaniel, a true Israelite. Okay, I'm going to teach you a few things about prophecy kind of sprinkled through here. So I hope you get to this stuff because I normally teach on this for hours. So I'm going to try to give you pieces as we go along. First of all, just because you know it doesn't mean you need to say it. We, we don't just need heaven to invade, we need to translate it. God might speak to you in a way that's meaningful to you, but that doesn't mean that's what you're supposed to say to the person. You're supposed to be meaningful to them. Okay, some people believe whatever way I receive it is the way I'm supposed to give it. I don't think so. I don't think Jesus modeled that this way. Okay? I know people that see angels come and pour oil over people. You know what they don't do? Hey, I saw an angel standing behind you. He's pouring oil over your shoulder. They would be like, bye. I'm talking about in public. I'm not talking about down at the altar where everybody is weird. He just came up. They would come up to people and go, you got a problem in your shoulder? Yeah, how do you know? Don't worry about it. He's translating. Just because God, God is speaking, we need to, I'm going to teach you to, to recognize four ways that God speaks so you can lean in the way that you're wired. But just because, first thing you understand is just because you hear from God doesn't mean it's, that's what you're supposed to say all the time. He might be trusting you with more than what you're supposed to say. So Jesus knew more than he said, right? Okay. And then Jesus operated in, in three areas of prophecy. They generally come into two, two categories. One is foretelling and the other is foretelling. You guys ready to go to school? Okay, Forth, foretelling people are a little unfamiliar with. 
And that's why I want to define it for you. Forth telling is looking at bringing something that is present or past. Okay, bringing something that's already there. Bringing it forth that's already there. Foretelling is speaking about something that hasn't happened yet. You're, you're speaking into the future. Okay, so Jesus did two foretelling here. He spoke to the character. Everybody say character. Let's say that again. Say character. This is important because sometimes we think prophecy is always about the future. Jesus did three prophetic words here. Two of them were foretelling. One was foretelling. If he's our example, I'm not making it a law, but I'm just highlighting here. Speaking about someone's character is a legitimate prophetic word. Speaking about somebody's gifting is just as legitimate as three years from now, you're going to be over here and this is going to happen. Okay? One of the best places to start with prophecy is, God, show me how you see this person. Jesus was speaking about how he saw Nathaniel, not how he was functioning in the moment. And I find in prophecy that typically works better, where you call people into the answer instead of highlighting where they're falling short of it. God did not say in the beginning that there is darkness all over. He just said, let there be light. And some of our prophetic words have about 90% focused on darkness. And what we need to do is speak light into it. We give prophetic words that are like, you're really falling in the sin. Things are caving around you. Darkness is all around you and it's horrible. But God wants you to know he's with you. All the person is thinking is, man, I knew life was hard. And now God's telling other people. <laughs> Thanks. Instead, when somebody receives a prophetic word, they should be called into the solution. They should be called into the light. They should be called to walk away thinking about what God is wanting them to be thinking about, what I call the walk-away message. What are they actually supposed to be thinking about when they're walking away? They should be thinking about God's heart for them, God's solution for them. And so in the same instance, you might say something. God shows you the darkness. He shows you more than you're supposed to say, but... You, you, what you bring to them is God wants you to know that he's bigger than anything you're facing and he's with you in every step and you're going to come out of this and God's got solutions for you and he's powerful and he's with you and he's for you. Now that person's walking away going, yeah, Jesus, thank you. I want to be closer to you. Calls them into it. Even though you saw the other stuff doesn't mean you're supposed to say it. You're calling them into the answer. Just like Jesus spoke, there's Nathaniel, not a critical spirit, but a true Israelite. He spoke to his character. It's an important thing. Gifting and character are very powerful to ask God about for people. I was in the airport, one of the airports. I went to a bunch of them on the way here. But one of them, I, uh, I approached to pray for somebody. And while I was praying for them, I felt God show me a, a picture. So God will show you things. One of the ways he speaks will show you a picture. And I saw a picture of all these paths. And this guy was helping people find a path. And so I started describing it to him. And I said, I feel like this is symbolic is something about a gifting on your life where you help people find the direction they're supposed to go. And uh, I've just spoken, the Lord started giving me more, and I just prophesied. And then the, him and his friend, cousin that was with him, started laughing because his professional job is he's a recruiter. And so what he literally does for a living is help people find the path for their lives. It was fun. I love prophecy. And so they just got drawn closer to Jesus in that moment, didn't know that he saw that and mattered to him. But seeing one word from God changes everything. People are living in chaos when God speaks light to them and brings their life into order. Yeah. 
That's what happened in Nathaniel's life. He was called in the order, I know who you are. I see you, and I know you. This is how I see you. When people think about how does God see me many times, it's not the same way God actually does. And so our invitation to prophets is actually to tell people how God sees them. It's really powerful. The next thing Jesus does is he says, I saw you under the fig tree. Now, I've already touched on this, so I won't emphasize it here, but can you imagine what's going on in his head at that moment? Because what did he do under a fig tree? <laughs> he was critical about Jesus, right? I saw you. <laughs> but Jesus did not expose his sin. He didn't expose his, what was going on in his heart in that moment to speak against him. He just said, I saw you. So he spoke about his past. Everybody say past. So he spoke about his character and he spoke about his past. God will show things to you about somebody's past. That's a genuine prophetic word that falls under foretelling. All right? And then he spoke about his future. That was the foretelling. You think that's great? Wait, you see the angels, what's going to happen with them? Now, I'll tell you this. There are many times that faith is built for a future word by telling a past word. The reason that Nathaniel could believe what Jesus said about angels ascending and descending was because Jesus gave him a foretelling word that told about his character and told about where he was earlier that day, right? And so I want you to know it's extraordinarily powerful to tell somebody a foretelling word about their character. This is really easy to get into. But let, with those defined, I'm going to give you stories about how to prophesy, how to minister in the public. And uh, I want you to recognize four ways that people can hear from God and just see if you can identify with one for you. One of the ways that people hear from God is it's through, let me, let me put it this way, it's through mystery. So the Bible says it's the glory of God to conceal a matter and it's the glory of kings to search a matter out. Sometimes God speaks in mysteries. You know, he doesn't speak in plain English. He speaks in, other, in all kind of different ways. Okay, let me, let me give you an example. Jeremiah chapter 1 and verse 11. God asked Jeremiah, what do you see? It doesn't give any context of it, if he was in a vision or not, but it's highly likely he was walking around. What do you see? And his eyes were drawn to something. I see an almond branch. And he said, you've seen rightly, because I'm going to watch over my word. And then he starts outlining this amazing prophetic words, has him go deliver it to the people. Okay, the prophetic word that Jeremiah had was not almond branch. He did not say, you've heard rightly. Now go stand over in Jerusalem and say, almond branch. Thus saith the Lord thy God, almond branch. Almond branch was not the prophetic word. Now, we miss it in English, but what happened here is God did a play on words. The word watch over sounds like almond branch in Hebrew. They sound almost identical. God did a play on words. What do you see? You've seen rightly because I'm going to watch over my word. The almond branch was the invitation to the prophetic word. This is going to be really important because what you need to understand is that God will make connecting places for you to enter into the prophetic word. And the entry point to the prophetic word is not the prophetic word. It's the way to get to it. The way that he got to the word was being drawn and highlighted to something. And that was not the prophetic word, but that's how he got to it. 
People aren't told this. I know prophets personally. I know God speaks this way. Mystery is where there's something odd. And God's doing a play on words. He's doing something that stands out to you. You see the same numbers all the time. You see things on signs. They stand out to you. He speaks in ways that you're like, what? I keep seeing the same person over and over again. These kind of things. Okay, how many here has had that kind of stuff happen? Okay, God's talking to you. Now, when you're in public and that's how you hear from God, how can you purposely lean into that? Okay, this is how you can purposely lean into that instead of it happening by accident. You can ask God to highlight something that will bring you into a prophetic word for someone. So if you feel drawn to something that something, somebody's wearing, you can actually compliment that and go into a prophetic word off of it. I really like, see, we got this purple scarf over here. I really like this purple scarf that you have. It's really pretty. Oh, thank you. You know, and here's another thing. This is going to sound really crazy, but I've got some training in giving encouraging words. And when I looked at that scarf, what I saw, what I felt like Jesus showed me, that he really loves that you have a real understanding of people's value and that they're, they're made to be royalty. And I saw you like taking royalty and placing it on people and you've helped people come out of uh, where they were oppressed and into a place where they could think and be free and be loved. And that's something that you carry. It's like you wrap people in purple scarves all around you. Is that a real prophetic word? Absolutely. So here's, I want to give you an example because if you're going to bring prophecy into public, you need to know how to lean into it the way that you're wired. Okay, some people are wired to receive from mystery. There's a, it's an allegory. It's something that's connected with someone else. I had another prophetic word one time uh, that I'll get into in just a minute, but it was also a scarf, so it reminded me to share that one. Uh, but the, what you want to do when you're in public ministry is to remember you're not in the church service with people who know what you're going to do. So that means you need wisdom. You need to be able to translate what's happening in a way that's meaningful to them. So when they hear prophecy, they think end of the world or exposing what I've done wrong. So that means you might want to change it to something else, like I have an encouraging word for you, because that'll make a little more sense. Second is you want to be honest that you're doing something weird. The supernatural is really weird. It's weird to think you can hear from God from somebody. It's weird to think that you can put your hand on somebody and they can get better. That's weird. Okay, so here's my advice. The supernatural is weird all by itself, and it doesn't need our help. <laughs> Being a prophetic person does not mean you have to be goofy. Okay, we need some wise prophetic people that make the experience meaningful and not just scary. All right? And so the, one of the best ways to do that is to be honest about the weirdness. You compliment somebody's scarf, the example I just gave. This is going to sound really weird, but I've been trained in giving people encouraging words, and I just it's got something to share with you that your scarf reminded me of. Okay? The supernatural is going to be weird by itself, but you can word it in a way that helps it connect people a little better. All right? Out of, out of the church service. And then another way that people hear from God is by pictures in their mind, visions. Visions, dreams, revelatory, kind of this, this realm. Uh, and you want to understand pictures in your mind. I don't have time to go there now, but in uh, Daniel chapter 7 and verse 1, 
he's one of the prophets that are actually open to sharing how he received it. Most people just said the word of the Lord came to them. Uh, it doesn't say what it looked like. And so him, several places, but you can see it there in Daniel 7.1, where he said he had visions in his mind. It's, and if you have any inkling, any inkling of, of doubt and wondering if a, if a picture in your mind could actually be from God or not, you need to go to Daniel because it'll build your faith in it. If God's in you, he's going to speak in your mind. God's created this connecting point, and you will hear from God in your mind. You'll get pictures. If you've ever been going somewhere and you had a picture of a friend come to mind, you know you're supposed to pray for them, you've heard from God. Okay? And so Jesus saw a picture. He saw some moving thing that would happen probably in his mind. doesn't say, but he saw Nathaniel under the fig tree, right? Okay. In the same way, you can see things. You can have a picture. Some, when you pray for people, if you have a picture that comes to your mind, either still or moving, let me raise, raise your hand for me. Let me see if, if that's something that's happening when you pray for people sometimes. Okay, that's God speaking to you. Not all the thoughts in your head are yours. I've heard someone say some of the greatest ideas have shriveled up in the church because we've taken credit for them. If we want more, creative ideas to happen through the church then we need to recognize not every great idea came from me and if you recognize not all the thoughts are in my head then it also frees you to not think every bad thought in your head is yours too sometimes we think something's wrong with us and it's just some demonic entity looking for agreement I don't think that way I have the mind of Christ sometimes we spend so much of our lives trying to fight something that's not us and if you just stop agreeing with it it'll go away just a thought, but that's another topic. When you hear from God that way, you can position yourself to hear from God on purpose. And you can do that by asking God to give you a picture for that person. And you can focus on something that helps you get started in that area. Okay, this is kind of like those old, uh, those old water pumps where you had to pump the handle for a little bit and then water started coming out. What I'm talking about is kind of that. Again, just like Jeremiah did, is a great example. The, what he saw, whether it was in a natural or if it was a vision, doesn't matter. That wasn't the prophetic word, but that led into the prophetic word. Okay? In the same way, you can ask God, show me how you see this person, or even get more specific in a way that will help you get into the flow of the Spirit when you haven't had a worship team walking behind you. Okay? And you can do that by asking God to give you a picture for that person. Show me how you see them. Or, God, give me a movie character for this person or a cartoon character. You can do all kinds of things. Whatever helps you to get connected, try different things and to see how it works. I've done this hundreds of times, and it's a blast. It's so fun. I was sitting in a waiting area for a restaurant, and there's a lady sitting across from me and some others. And, uh, and I said to her, while we're waiting here, I'm with some friends, and we, we got trained on giving some encouraging words. Could we practice on you? And she said, sure. Okay, I'm teaching you right now. I, I want to teach you how to approach people. One way you can approach people is the student driver approach. You guys have student drivers out here? They got a little sticker on the back of their car. Do you do that? Yeah. All right. So if you've ever been in a line of cars, and they're really annoying, and people are actually going the speed limit, it's horrible, and then... People slowly move out of their way, and you find yourself behind the car, and then you see that little sticker. I don't know about you, but Americans go, oh, look at that. A little student driver. I used to be one of those. 
I remember those days. I had this person who was a horrible person next to me and made me, like, put on my blinker all the time. It was awful. But I remember that was so cute. They're just the cutest little student driver. One day you'll learn the, the person will be out there and you'll be going as fast as the rest of us. Oh, bless your heart. Have a good day. <laughs> and you get all, you give them grace. You're like, oh, poor little student driver. If we come to people as professionals, walls go up. But if you approach people as a student, you'll find many of them are open. Most of the people that are not open are Christians. Because Christians are taught to be suspicious. They might put some demon on you. But people that aren't Christians aren't taught to be suspicious that way. So if you come to them and say, I took a course, I took this class on giving people encouraging words. Well, when did I do that? Right now. Thank you. All right. So I, can't, I, I took this course on giving people encouraging words. Could I practice on you? You're not coming as an authority. You're not coming as a superstar. You're coming as a student. I have found so many people, thousands of people, that are like, sure. And then all of a sudden, they're weeping. They're like, how did you know that? What's going on? And, but the open door was that. So that's one way that you can approach people is, is that way. You can also be direct if you want. I've done that. It's really funny. It just depends on your personality. I've gone to people and say, no, this is going to sound crazy. Just remember, that's one of your phrases. This is going to sound weird. This is going to sound crazy. It's going to be random. Those are great phrases to start with because it is from their, their context. And I say, this is going to sound really crazy, but sometimes I know things about people. And I know some things about you. That's a fun way to start because then they're like, what? I've done that several times too. But it just depends on your personality. Try different things. See if that, what you approach people on, on that. But a student driver approach is a fantastic approach. How do I get started? Come as a student. Come as a student. Give yourself an assignment. I've got 365-day assignment where I'm going to try things to minister to people. And you go to people and you can tell them, I'm doing this 365-day uh, challenge. Could you help me out? People are like, sure, what would, what would you need from me? I just need to try something on you. It's not going to hurt. <laughs> Whatever, like try different things. See what fits with your personality and what works in this culture and do those things. You'll know it just by trying it. That's how you're going to learn it is by stepping out and trying it. And so uh, I, asked, I told her that, and she was like, sure. And so we all took turns as prophesying. She started weeping. And she said, how did you know that stuff about me? And here's your transition. I'm teaching you through stories here too. And I said, Jesus showed us these things about you. He sees you, and he's crazy in love with you. You guys know the rest because I've taught about this stuff in other sessions. She ended up giving her life to Jesus there in the waiting area while we went to go get our food. It was a blast. You can do this with servers. They come and bring your food. And then you ask them, they're bringing your food and say, hey, look, we're about to pray over our meal in just a minute. What's going on in your life that we could pray for? I've had this happen. They share something, walk off. Now you have a natural interaction to come back to them later about. Say, hey, we prayed for you. Oh, thank you so much. And you know, while I was praying, I felt God show me something for you. Well, how do you position yourself? You learn how you're wired. If, if you're wired in a way that you see visions in your mind, then ask God to show you something. God, show me something for her. And then pay attention to the thoughts that come into your mind. Why? Because God is in your thoughts. He's, he's speaking to you that way. Okay? Does that make sense? Okay. Now, remember, it could be symbolic. And that's important. And you learn that kind of as you go giving things. 
All right, another way that people receive is through revelation or uh, another people, other people might say impression. That's kind of like a download of information. If, uh, if you're downloading something into your computer, it takes a moment, but a lot of information goes into it. People who receive this way, uh, they typically have a lot of information that comes in in just a moment of time. It would take you, it took you seconds to get it, but it would take you half an hour to explain it. You just know stuff. You just know stuff, but you don't know why you know stuff. You just do. You look at somebody, you just know stuff. Or you know how a problem should be solved. You just know something. How many of you have heard that way before? Okay. If you're wired that way, you can, you can position yourself to hear from God on purpose that way. As many times that's by accident, but here's what you do. You ask God to give you a word to someone based off the first letter of their name. Their name starts with a G. Okay? And you say, God, what's a, can you give me something out? Here's, and this person, maybe God will show you a picture or maybe you'll have a download of information. And God might give you a, uh, a word that you're not supposed to say what the word is. Because remember, just again, Jeremiah, he didn't say, olive branch. It was into the word, right? Sometimes you can share it. In this environment, I'll share it. So what I, what I saw when I did that with Gideon is I saw a gold digger. Now, if I were speaking to him in that environment, I know that's an invitation to it. And God is not saying that he's greedy. What God's actually saying is that he knows how to dig for the gold in people's lives. And so if I was, I would translate that and I would say, there's a gift on your life to find the best in people and bring it out so that they can see it. It might be buried deep, it might be covered in dirt, but God shows you where to look and how to bring it out. There's a gift in your life. to sp- You don't spend time digging in places where you're off. You actually, God shows you where to go and what somebody's actually gifted in and help to bring that out so they can shine for him. So, when you're, you can do this all the time. So I was in a, a restaurant, server came over, I was with my wife and my girls, and uh, this, this uh, lady came over, and this is what I asked her. I'm going to give you a phrase, write it down, use it a million times, it's a blast. Here's what I asked her. I said, has anybody told you anything amazing about yourself today? Why? Because I know that a prophetic word about someone's character matters. And she laughed and said, no. And I said, sometimes Jesus shows me things about people he really likes. The lesson I'm teaching you right now, don't just get caught up in the story. Listen, write things down if you need to. Some of you are like, what do I say? I'm telling you right now. It's very simple. And this is what he's showing me because what happened is she was wearing a name badge and I needed to get in the flow. I didn't have a prophetic word for her when I said that. But I knew God loved her, so of course he wanted to talk to her. You want to talk to people you love? So I can have absolute confidence that God is going to speak to her because he loved her. Maybe I'll get into that tonight. And I'm going to look at permission to rob hell. And I'm going to show you a little bit about that. But for now, I just want to tell you that he gave me one word. I mean, like, literally one word. Not a whole expanse. Some of us are waiting for prophecy, and we're like, 
I need a whole phrase and a download of a book and a whole information about somebody. God, give me more. And God, you're just telling me to tell them you love them? You love everybody. What kind of word is that? Give me something, God. I'm awesome. Well, here's the deal. I have two daughters. I love them both. That's true. But when I look at each one of them in the eye and I say, I love you, then that's a word for that person. So, so what if God shows you something that can apply to other people? When he says it to them, it's individualized to them. And sometimes we need to give what we have before God will give us more. You prophesy according to your faith, the Bible says. You see in part. You prophesy in part. You give what you have and more comes. Okay? So God just literally gave me one word. But as I said that, God shows me things he really likes about people. And this is what I, this is what I got, and I gave the one word. And as I gave that, more started coming. And I spend just about 30 seconds just prophesying over her, recognizing she's also a waitress and a whole bunch of other uh, tables that she's taking care of. And, uh, and I says, that make any, so I was trying to be mindful of that. And I says, that, so here's your next thing. I, pro- I prophesied, and then I said, does that make any sense to you? Don't prophesy over someone and run. How will you know if you're right or not? How can you test it? How can you go further in the encounter if you don't ask them? Okay. And she said, absolutely. Started telling us a little bit. It's fun hearing those stories. And then she said, I've never felt so close to Jesus than I do right now. (sighs) So fun. So I got to lead her to Jesus at the table. And uh, I I mentioned a scarf one. I forgot. I need to go back to that one. I was riding in uh, an Uber, and uh, the driver was having a bad day. I was ministering in New York City, and then the pastor and associate was taking me back to the train, where I was going to take a train back home. And so there, we're in the back seats, we're in the back seats together, and she's having a very public argument over the speaker system in her car, where the previous rider had left her wallet there. And, there, and they got done with that, hung up, and she apologized. In the process of it, we we're like awkwardly standing in the back. This is really awkward, because they're like arguing, and it's over the speaker system. And uh, so I was like, God, she's had a really bad day. Can you give me something for her? And uh, so I saw a brief picture, just like that fast, talking about seeing something in your mind. I saw a brief picture of a scarf on her, and that's all I saw. So I said, hey, you know, this is going to sound really crazy, but sometimes Jesus shows me things that he likes about people. And she's like, oh, really? She said, I believe all things are true. I could have gone into apologetics right then. I didn't take the bait. I said, awesome. Well, here's what Jesus showed me. Bypass that, go to an encounter. Just a thought. And so I shared, as I shared with her, all of a sudden the scarf came to life in my mind. While I'm talking to her, I'm having another conversation with God at the same time. Giving you clues here. And all of a sudden, the scarf started having gold on it. And so I said, I saw the scarf. It was, I started telling the color, and then, I, and then I said, and it had like gold on it. It was a very expensive scarf. And I said, this is symbolic of something else. And, I, and while I'm saying that to her, she took off the scarf. In my mind, she took off the scarf and handed it over to somebody else. And I said, this is what I saw. And I said, the scarf is representing something else. It's symbolic. And I said, it represents that there's something of value that you had that you gave away to somebody else. And in my head, I'm like, God, I hope that's right. 
because <laughs> I don't know. That's a pretty specific word. It's not like, hey, you're a nice person. It's like you had something of value and you gave it away. She started crying. She's like, Jesus saw that? He saw that? And I was like, yeah, what happened? Because I don't know. And she said, I had a valuable plot of land. And last week I gave it to my brother. And you're telling me that Jesus saw that? And I said, absolutely, he saw that. He wants you to know that he sees you. He's crazy in love with you. And he has a plan for your life. Pulled over on the side of the road, and she gave her life to Jesus. Totally amazed that God would see her have done that. Okay. It's really simple, guys. We've made this thing hyper-spiritual, and only people that have a certain personality can do it. I'm an introvert. I like being alone. I like to read books. I like to write. I don't see a crowd of people and think, oh, God brought me a crowd to preach to. It's not my first thought. Some people do. That's Gideon. That's how he thinks. <laughs> Thank you, God, for this crowd of people. That's totally fine. I love it. I love it. But what I'm telling you is, is we think the only people that can do that are those that are wired in that way, and it's not true. Everybody here can see the power of God through your life. Every person here can prophesy. Why? Because you're a son and a daughter. That's why. That's what Joel prophesied. I'll pour my spirit out on all flesh. Sons and your daughters will prophesy. If you're a son and daughter, you qualify. In fact, if you're flesh, you're a person, you should be able to prophesy. Okay? Now, another way people hear from God is by having scriptures that come to mind. You see somebody, you're praying for somebody, and a verse comes to mind. God will speak the word. Let me just tell you real quick here that the Bible is the standard for truth. What I mean, what I mean by that is no prophetic word we give is, is writing new verses of the Bible. Okay? People are afraid to prophesy because they think, am I writing a new verse in the Bible? No, you're not. Jesus said a lot of things that weren't recorded. So Jesus said a lot of things that weren't the Bible. Just because Jesus said it doesn't mean it became part of the Bible. Isn't it interesting? Just because you say it doesn't mean you're writing more verses in the Bible. Maybe God still thinks about people. And so don't be afraid of that, but we need to know the Word of God. How do you know you can test something if it's true or not? You need to know the Word. You need to be encountering people. You need to be encountering God through Scripture. You need to have a relationship with God and his word. The prophecy is not where we bypass the word of God. We need to know the scriptures, okay? But some people, the way that God will speak to you is he'll bring a verse to mind, and that's really good. It's good to, lead, it's good to hear that way because you're leading people into the word of God, which is a great thing to do. And some people, even if they hear a different way, they will bring up a scripture so that person can look it up. You can ask God, give me a scripture that that person can go to based off of this. It's a good, really, really quality thing to do. I recommend it. Okay. So these are all different ways. You can ask God, give me a scripture if that's the way that you hear. Give me a picture. Show me how you see this person. Give me a word that's based off of their name. Those are ways that you get into the flow or try other things to see if they help. And then you start interacting with them based off of that, translating it into whatever the answer that they need. What is God wanting them to be thinking about? in that moment, okay? And so 
when you're doing that, you're saying, some of you are going like, what? Is God never supposed to say something negative to someone? I'm trying to balance out error because many of us have been taught that prophetic words are about something negative. A real prophecy is calling somebody out on their sin. That's what prophecy is. That's what people think. So I'm trying to balance that out. I'm not telling you that God would never point out anything or never say anything that would seem corrective. I am saying the bulk, I'm talking about major part of what God would speak to people is what you'd find Jesus' example of there. And that would be even if somebody's functioning as an enemy of God, Jesus didn't expose them and embarrass them. He called Nathaniel into the answer. Okay? And some people we call that digging for the gold, finding that out, or flipping it. God shows you something negative, Doug Addison says flip it and flip it good. You flip it into something good that calls them to the answer. Because what I have found is more people enter into transformation through an answer than pointing out what they already know is wrong. So if God showed you something negative, press in more. God, what's the answer? What do you, how, how can you speak into their, their chaos? How can you speak into their darkness? How, can you, how do you want to speak light to them? Go for that. Because here's what happened, Nathaniel. Here comes a true Israelite. How do you know me? That's people's response. I've heard that again. How do you know me? I've heard that so many times. And then he prophesies about his past and the response that Nathaniel had was he confessed Jesus as the son of God. Without Jesus saying, I saw what you did, you're horrible. You should feel bad about that. Okay? Now, we're going to need to wrap up because I see the glaze in your eyes even though I'm teaching really good stuff, by the way. <laughs> it's a long day. I get it. I get it. Maybe I'll pick up. We have another session tonight. Maybe I can go into praying for the sick as well into that. But I want to make sure that, that you're equipped to be able to bring a prophetic word. People need to hear a word from God. They need to. They're living in chaos. One word from God can change their whole life. It can change their whole life. I was at a restaurant, I'll close here in a minute, but I was in a restaurant and I had a horrible waitress. She was angry, didn't take care of us good, it was really bad. And she looked angry too, like she was, like had this goth thing going on. And so she had really thick makeup on and if she smiled it would crack it. Like it just was, she painted her face mad, like she just was mad really dark clothes, all kind of piercings, all kind of stuff going on. And, you know, I could have said, you know what? I'm not going to give her a good tip because she treated us bad. She didn't deserve that. But instead, I said, God, how can I lean into something here? She's had a, she must have had a rough day. She had to because she's acting like a jerk. Would you give me something for her? We finished up there, and there were some pool tables nearby, and we were playing pool. And uh, a friend, friend of mine, I walked off to do some other stuff. And while, she, while he's gone, she walked by. And I called her over, and I said, listen, I'm sorry you're having a rough day. Uh, and I went into a prophetic encounter with her in that moment as God had shown me some things for her. And she started crying, these tears that cut through her thick makeup dripping down and she started explaining she didn't just have a horrible day she had been having some really rough things happen and God was showing me stuff for her and she said you, 
Jesus saw that. Jesus sees you. And I said, has anybody ever told you Jesus is crazy about you? Tears running down her face. No. The world doesn't know Jesus is crazy about them. The world thinks Jesus is angry with them. How do you run into the arms of an angry God? That's not the picture of the prodigal son's father whose arms were open and running after his son. That was told about how God interacts with lost people. That's the context. Okay. And I said, Jesus has a purpose for your life. Has anybody told you that before? All this came from a prophetic encounter. I didn't have anything before I started. I asked God for something because she was being a really bad waitress. Look for excuses. God can speak into anything. Anytime, any place, if somebody will just listen. Symbolic. I'll, I'll end with this. I just focused on prophecy this time. But this is hours of training. That's, I'm sorry, guys. I'm trying to take hours of training and put it into moments here with you. But I hope that you have some you can take with you. I was at a restaurant in Cincinnati, Ohio. I had uh, been meeting with a church that was going through our evangelism intensive. And so we were going out to dinner. And uh, when... A waitress came over, she was wearing this bracelet, and one of the charms on it reminded me of one of these uh, dream catcher things. And when I looked back at it, it wasn't that. And so I knew, I, I was like drawn to it. And so I had this mystery moment. Where it's kind of like you see somebody, and they remind you of someone else, and you look back at them, and they're like, that didn't look like them at all. That's where God is speaking to you. You can ask God, what about the person I know do you want to say to this person? Okay, God's already speaking to you in that moment. Now just pay attention to it and ask him questions. The Bible says you have not because you ask not. A lot of the things that we learned in Jesus' ministry is because people asked him questions. If they wouldn't have asked, he, we may not know things that we know. There are things you might not know about people that you could be doing just because you haven't asked for it. Anyway, so she came over, and I was like, God, what is this about? So I asked her, I said, uh, I noticed your, your bracelet for a second. It looked like a dream charm, but it's not. She's like, oh, no, we're talking about it. And I said, but it, it, it reminded me of something. I, this random question for you. I'm going to be honest. I'm going to be very random right now. That's my transitional sentence. And I said, have you had any crazy dreams lately? And she was like, doesn't everybody have crazy dreams? And I said, maybe, but have you? And she goes, actually, I had a really crazy one last night. And then I knew I was on target because it looked like a dream catcher. So I was like, something about dreams. Yeah. You know, God gives dreams to people even if they're not saved. Yeah. Some of the most profound things we have in Scripture is from a guy named Nebuchadnezzar, and he wasn't exactly a Christian. <laughs> and uh, so I said, all right, you go take care of your tables. It was packed and busy in there. Come and tell me your, tell me your dream. I'll, I'll interpret it for you. So I was like, Okay. And so she helped the tables, come back, told us her dream. And I said, all right, go, go around and do your stuff. Come back here, I'll tell you. So she tells the dream. I'm asking the Lord, what are you saying? And he gives, gives me some information. I start, and my wife is fantastic at dream interpretation. She's really, really gifted in that area. Uh, I do a little bit, but she's like, man, she's incredible. We have prophets that when they can't understand their dreams, they contact her. And uh, so... We used to work for Doug Addison out of California, really big in dreams and other stuff. And so 
Anyway, she comes back to the table. I interpret her dream. She ends up sitting down at our table. Like she's got all these tables. She sits down at our table. Are you telling me that God showed you that stuff? Is that true? Absolutely. Has anybody ever told you that Jesus is crazy about you? Now, here's, here's the deal. Here's your responsibility in evangelism. You bring people into an encounter. Listen very carefully. You bring people into an encounter, and then you respond to them according to the way they're responding to the encounter. I have ministered to people, and they walked off, and I let them. If she wasn't interested, I wasn't going to force it on her. But because she sat down next to me, I thought, maybe she wants to know more. She was interested in what's happening. Jesus healed lots of people, lots of people, and then they left, and he let them go. They got to taste of salvation, taste of sozo. They got a taste of wholeness. He was generous in that. But if you wanted to follow him, you needed to stay with him. But he wasn't going to make. He wasn't for sale. He wasn't trying to sell himself. And so I don't try to convince people to give their life to Jesus. I bring them into an encounter and see how they respond to it. And so she sat down, very interested in what's going on. And there, in that moment, crazy crowded place, she gave her life to Jesus. Had never done that before, didn't grow up in church, didn't know what was going on. But she knew Jesus had just spoken to her. Guys, this is simple. It could be one-on-one. It can be a group of people. Any personality can do it. Let me tell something to the older faces in here. You guys can get away with anything. Some people are like, I'm just an old person. What can I do? Stop it. I was teaching a group of elders in a church. There was probably 70 people there. It's a large church. And um, they had four Sunday morning services. I got to speak in those four services. I was meeting with the elders. And these, these are our senior citizens of the church. And, uh, and I said, man, don't you know? If I went up to somebody, they would think I'm a threat. But you can literally go up to anybody and say, come here, son. <laughs> I'm telling you the truth. Don't use your ages. And learn, to, learn to use your advantages. A woman and a senior citizen can get away with just about anything. <laughs> I'm, it is true. Sometimes you're like, oh, I'm just, I'm just a woman. Yeah. If I went to the same person you did, they would feel like I'm a threat. But if you walk up to somebody, they're like, oh, that was really sweet. And that, man, if you're a senior citizen, don't hold back. We need your voice. You could see more people come to Christ than many of the younger people just because you can talk to anybody, anywhere, anytime, and just about anybody would respond to you. I'm telling you the truth. Don't use, you need to to use that as an excuse to do it. Come here, Sonny. Listen, I got some training in, in hearing something from God, and I need to tell you something. Sit him down. I'm telling you to listen. It happens. So powerful. If you're a guy, use wisdom. Maybe if you have kids, use them. Use your children. Right? I've gone to people, they have some problem, and I say, hey, this is going to sound crazy, but, you know, my daughter saw you on, over here, and we're talking about it, and she would like to pray for you. Somebody need to get healed. Okay. 
And, you know, whether your kid gets scared or not and actually do it doesn't matter. What's great is they get to be in an environment where they think it's normal. I've walked by people that were hurting that, and my oldest daughter would say, Dad, why are you walking by that person? Why are you praying for them? And I'm like, oh, you're right. <laughs> my daughter got me. And, uh, but they think it's normal. That's what you do. You pray for people, minister to people. Now, that's what they think is normal. <laughs> that's what we want to see. We want to see our kids thinking that pr- prophesying over people and praying for the sick is just, what, just a part of your life. That's just what you do. And then they get to do it too. But almost no one will say no to a kid. Oh, they're, they're, they might get shy. Oh, they're not going to do it. I'll just, here, honey, I'll pray. You put your hand on mine. And all of a sudden, boom, you got miracles happen. And somebody who maybe not have been open to you come up to them are now open to you because there's a kid coming. I'm talking about having wisdom. Yeah. Be creative and have fun. Bring prophetic words to people. Learn how you hear from God and try it. Ask God on purpose to give you things. Tell people you learned about it and you're trying to grow. Yeah. Could you practice on them? And most people will say, sure. I have all these testimonies going through my head. I don't have time for them. But it's so fun. It's so fun being able to bring people into hearing from God in that way. And I think we're, we're supposed to be wrapping up. And so I want to do that because we have another session tonight. And, uh, but, so this session turned out to be more about prophecy in itself. I hope that helps you guys. Prophetic evangelism is one of the most powerful things you can do. It really is. You can prophesy. Sometimes if I feel like I want to pray for somebody that's sick and I'm feeling not super confident in the moment, I'll ask God for a prophetic word first. Sometimes I start with offering prayer for healing and give a prophetic word. Sometimes I start with a prophetic word and they go for healing. It just depends on what I'm in the mood for. I know Jesus is crazy about him, so of course he's going to talk to me. All right, let me close in prayer. I want to activate you in prophecy. And I want you to pay attention to God speaking to you. So, Father, I bless these people in Jesus' name. In fact, stand to your feet. You guys are Christians. Assume the position. Put your hands out in front of you like you're receiving a gift. God, I thank you for the gift of prophecy. And prophecy is your idea. Your word says in 1 Corinthians 14, 1, for us to eagerly desire the gifts of your spirit, and especially prophecy. So God, we're a people who are biblical people. We honor the Bible that tells us to at least want to want to prophesy. Every biblical Christian who honors the Bible will want to want to prophesy at minimum. And so God, we want to prophesy so that people can encounter you. And I ask for an activation of the gifts of the Spirit in every person under the sound of my voice that they would hear from you in the way that they're wired, whether it's pictures in their mind, download of information, a scripture verse. Lord, whatever way you're wanting to lead them, even through mysteries, whatever way you're wanting to speak to them, that you would. And they would hear from you, lean into you to hear more and give that away to other people. I pray for an activation of prophetic evangelism in this region. Let the voice of God be heard.